Hello, folks. In Division 2 of Being in Time, Heidegger changes register somewhat. While Division 1 was focused on average everydayness and resolved around understanding Dasein as a, a practical, pragmatic being, in Division 2, we see Heidegger offer an even more fundamental account of what constitutes the being of Dasein. More specifically, Heidegger attempts to explain Dasein as a form of inherent temporality, as a form of time. In the opening sections of Division 2, Heidegger, though, engages two specific existential themes, death and guilt, which in turn reveal the importance of time. This engagement is necessary because what it does is it makes explicit the temporal horizons of Dasein, that Dasein is the being that has a past, present and future, and it is the being that is that, but also has meaningful possibilities available to it and which may be projected. There is a sense that in Division 1 Heidegger has concerned himself with much more conventional questions of philosophy such as theory and practice, language, meaning, the nature of subjectivity. In Division 2 we start to get a sense of how Heidegger is doing something startlingly original. So much so that what we will need to do when you get to the end of Division 2, is retroactively reconsider what occurred in Division 1. We begin where we left off in Division 1, with Heidegger attempting to attend to the difference between an everyday and an existential or an ontological conception of Dasein. The subject this time, though, is death. Part 1. Dasein and the time of its life. From the outside, Heidegger aims towards outlining the meaning of being. This means in some sense he wants to give an account of the totality of what it is like to be alive. That is, he wants to give us a sense of the whole of Dasein. The term whole of Dasein brings with it some complications. Already we know that Heidegger does not want to explain Dasein in terms of parts. That is, not in terms of a composite or say a composite of different bits or, or properties. He wants to give us an account of the original unity of Dasein. The trouble is that when we think of the original unity of Dasein, well, the only point Dasein can really be whole is when it dies. That is what Dasein is. It is the totality of a life from birth to death. This though means Dasein as a whole can be differentiated since we know Dasein can die at different times of its life. So that which is ambiguous, at least conceptually, as that which is whole, or fully whole, cannot be differentiated. So what does Heidegger have to say about this ambiguous notion? Well, death circumscribes Dasein. By this I mean that the whole of Dasein is provisional, which is to say it is limited in its accomplishments because it will die, and death is that limit. Thus, Dasein is that being which is inherently limited. Dasein is a limited being. Being limited is that which is the opposite to being unlimited, to that which is infinite or unbounded. Dasein is first and foremost a limited being because it is finite. In fact, its finitude is that which most specifically constitutes what it is. Dasein is the being that is finite which entails that it is also the being that comes to an end, which in turn entails that it is the being which dies. Dasein is therefore a mortal being. 
because Dasein is mortal, this means that time itself is an ever-present concern. Since the thought of death imposes upon us the question of when we die, it reveals that life is made up of an array of possibilities that will at some point stop. That which Dasein is, is then the time of its life. Here, Heidegger wants to get a firmer hold on Dasein's existence as a whole by clarifying its temporal structure. And he does that in the account of care, as we saw in previous lectures. But in a sense, what he's talking about is that Dasein was, with care at least, Dasein was found to be futural, in the sense that Dasein exists always ahead of itself. Therefore, the challenge that Heidegger sets to us is to grasp one's own being as a whole, that very ambiguous thing. But this, because of its ambiguity, seems to be impossible are seemingly contradictory, since as, and I quote Heidegger here, since as long as Dasein is an entity, it has never reached its wholeness. For Dasein is always ahead of itself, in its being towards possibilities. This presents a formal problem. What kind of being could Dasein ever be for itself? That comes into focus as it appears to be that possibility which brings Dasein to a close. With death, there are no more possibilities for which Dasein could be ahead of itself for. So, death is important then in determining Dasein's being as a whole. And the analysis of what Heidegger calls being towards death then roughly has a number of central features, which I'll, I'll, I'll just outline here. Firstly, Death entails that no one can take my death away from me. Dasein's minus implies no one can do my death for me. Also, the inadequacy of representing the death of others as a way to grasp existence as a whole. Heidegger talks about this. The death of others is something that they do. And I'll talk about that soon. Also, interpretations of how what is not yet belongs to Dasein's existence. Death indicates the limits and constraints of the totality of the not-yets that I might and might not be able to become. Also, death reveals that das what Dasein is, and Dasein is an existing towards an end. That towards is important there. That which Dasein is has a towards or dispositional structure. Dasein inclines to. But of course that begs the question, what does it incline to? Well, death, or being towards death, to be more precise. Also, death denotes that death, for Heidegger, is defined as the possibility of impossibility, which is a sort of quite paradoxical sounding formulation. What he means is that death is both the possibility and impossibility of Dasein, where death is the absence of all possibilities. Also, death in the everydayness of Dasein, the death of others, death as a form of idle talk, tends to obscure Dasein's authentic being towards death. So with death, the opposition or the dialectic between inauthenticity and authenticity is still operative. While all this, I'm sure, seems quite abstract, there is something rather simple at the core of it all. 
if I'm trying to grasp the significance of the whole of my life, the sense that my life makes sense and therefore need to understand the relation of Dasein to its end, with death, there is no point in simply representing the death of others. However careful or sensitive my description, it will remain a view from outside and will not help me understand what it means actually to exist as a whole, or a whole in relation to death. This has to be determined, for Heidegger at least, by a phenomenological analysis that places one's own existence in question. Recognising this leads Heidegger to say that no one can take the others dying away from him. Even if I sacrifice myself, myself for other, the other will still have to face up to his or her own mortality. Okay, but if death is something that each Dasein must take on for itself, then, and I quote Heidegger here again, death signifies a peculiar possibility of being, in which the very being of one's own Dasein is an issue. So, rather, it is to be understood existentially. Death is to be understood existentially. Death, in the sense intended here, is not simply an accident waiting to happen. It is deeper than that. It is constituted of the being of Dasein, insofar as it is the end in relation to which Dasein exists as a whole. Again, the problem, I think at least, is deceptively simple. If Dasein exists as a whole, then what part is played by the future, which apparently does not yet exist? In some way, this empty part that lies ahead must also be part or be constitutive of Dasein's existence. As Heidegger writes, and I quote, any Dasein always exists in just such a manner that it is, that it's not yet belongs to it. But how? Part two, the death and demise of Dasein. Heidegger analyzes the different senses of ending in order to help make explicit how the phenomenon of death is of issue to Dasein. This analysis takes the form of distinguishing between the endings of things which are present to hand and things which are ready to hand. If we take something like the moon, it appears to us as incomplete or as a half-moon which in reality, as a thing in itself, is complete, or it is fully present in itself, to put it in high degrees. The moon moves towards being full, but in fact it remains always present at hand as a whole thing. Its movement has more to do with our perception of it than anything to do with its being. So the moon example gives us a very diminished sense of possibility the moon the moon can possibly be only the moon okay heidegger then goes for another example to help us understand the different senses of ending he talks and he talks about an example from the organic realm or what he calls fruit ripening and unripening uh, this is better for heidegger because, because we get a sense of the not yet of the fruit that is present to it heidegger puts this more eloquently than I can. And I quote, The ripening fruit, however, not only is not indifferent to its unripeness as something than itself, but it is that unripeness as it ripens. Okay, what he's getting at there is that the not yet, its possibilities, is present in some way, included in the being of the fruit, not layered on like a property that is added, but as something wholly constitutive of what it is. This can feel 
or seem a little paradoxical because what Heidegger is kind of saying is that a banana is also what it is not. It's not yet. The example of the ripening of fruit is more promising, though, for helping us explain death, insofar as the fruit is always physically whole, but its existence is essentially related to becoming ripe. In this sense, it's not yet belongs to it. This comparison with fruit is helpful as far as it goes. It helps us get a sense of how the possible and actual are more closely proximate than we might initially suspect. The ripening fruit has only a limited number of possibilities available to it. The ripening banana cannot become a coffee table, for example, but still it can become fruit or it can become eaten and so on. But this example still can be structurally analogous to how Dasein comports itself to its not yet. The main difference, though, is that we can't really say the same of a banana as we can say of death. We don't say in death, Dasein fulfills itself. Whereas this is something we are obliged to say about the banana. It fills its purpose. Or, you know, it has a richer range of purposes available to it than, say, the moon or a stone. Or we could say that uh, Dasein is the being that has possibilities available to it, or a richer range of avail- possibilities uh, available to it. This is a subtle but still an important point. There is a sense that death is not something I own. It is not mine in the same sense that I own a coffee table or a banana. Death does not belong to me in the same way. While you cannot die my death and I cannot die yours, there is also a sense that I cannot die my own death. Certainly I can wane, disintegrate and decline. My hair goes grey or greyer. But death is not still not something which belongs to me or which I own or at my command. This is necessarily the case since if I could own my own debt, I would more than likely choose where and when I do die, if I were that way minded. That reveals then how my death is something which outstrips me. It's not something within the orbit of my sovereign control. Furthermore, it can be argued that it's very important that the death of Dasein not be thought of in that way as it would encourage a view of Dasein as the tragic hero of its own life, where death, and in particular the manner of death, in some way crowns the life, as if death is intelligible as some kind of final achievement. That's all a bit of nonsense, I think, for Heidegger, that view. One of the most interesting things about Heidegger's account of death is that it demonstrates how neither of the two prevailing senses of ends that I've just mentioned are are fully adequate. Dasein's end, its death, is neither simply the point at which it stops, it ceases, nor a telos that represents its fulfilment. The fact that death has for the most part been conceived in terms of these two significations is a sign that the human being has generally been treated as an entity, that is, as what Heidegger calls present at hand. Dasein's death discloses Dasein as related to its not yet, in a distinctive way. In death, it is not the case Dasein is not fulfilled, nor is it the case it has simply disappeared or melted away. Death is not something that denotes Dasein's becoming finished, nor does it denote Dasein is wholly at one's disposal as something ready to hand. In contrast, Dasein is continually, it's not yet. It's continually, it's not yet. It subsists towards it's not yet. So there's a difference between ending then and being towards death. 
for Heidegger, thus constitutes life. Life and death are, in a way, inseparable for him. Death is a way of being, not some specific thing that comes to an end. And as he puts it himself, for Heidegger, death, in the widest sense, is a phenomenon of life. This is an important point. Not only is the success of the inquiry into the being of Dasein, and therefore fundamental ontology as a whole, at stake, but it seems to call for an understanding of change and time as well, not found in the metaphysical tradition, where there are changes subordinate to presence. Rather, time is now considered as that which is fundamental. Rather than to an account of change as such, unlike the change of, say, entities that are present at hand, Dasein is fundamentally temporal. It has a relation to its future, and that relation to its future is of its past and of its present. It is ahead of itself. And this means that death is something Dasein approaches, though not literally, or not necessarily literally. And its significance has more to do with the way Dasein comes towards death than it does with death as an event. The existential conception of death will be characterized in by Heidegger as being towards death. So, part three, being towards death. With being towards death, Heidegger is bringing our attention again to the modal character of ontological understanding. Dasein is, insofar as it is towards its not yet, towards its possibilities. But how can we make this abstract notion more concrete? Heidegger is careful to separate death in the ontological mode from the actual event of an organism's perishing. Hence his famous distinction between death and perishing. What perishes or demises is the biological. We might think of it like the way our body declines or wanes as we age. So thus, biology tells us something very limited about how it is that we do or how we become corpse-like. Heidegger goes on to say that in the ontological analysis of Dasein's death, nothing is decided about the possibility of life after death. As he puts it himself, our analysis of death remains purely this-worldly. This might seem an incidental point to make along the way, but it is worth noting that Heidegger commits his analysis to the determination of Dasein as a whole from within, and that is, insofar as this determination will be temporal, the temporality of Dasein is not borrowed from a form of temporality that extends beyond it, or it is not derived from a form of temporality that is beyond it. Time is not an infinite line stretching off into the past and the future, nor does the determination of time begin with eternity and then describe the finitude of Dasein's existence as a lack or a shortfall with respect to eternity, as is common in religious thought or where to be mortal is essentially not to be immortal. Heidegger completely reverses this point. And here we can get a sense of the originality of his thought and how he is distinct from the philosophical and indeed theological tradition. Life is not derived from death. The immortal and godly life rather is death. It is death. And a very interesting aside, Heidegger suggests that to think of death as that which is immortal is actually to think of death in an ontic sense, as in a prolongation of a thing of this world. So when we think of what immortality might be like, we usually just assign things of this life with an immortal status. So this really is just a projection of mortal life as surviving, whereas Heidegger says Dasein lives on or even outlasts itself or is immortal, which is equivalent to a projection of the 
survival of ontic forms of life, of things of this world. Thus, our analysis of death must remain wholly this-worldly for Heidegger. So any assertion of what death is in a biological, psychological or theological sense is dependent on a more primordial or a more fundamental this-worldly analysis of death in the first instance. And since none of those understand death as inherent to life, even if we think of the biological account, it takes its cue from what happens after we have died. Having declared that Dasein approaches its end in a way that cannot be explained by biology, psychology or theology, Heidegger has to provide an original existential analysis that is adequate to that task. There has to be a clarification of how death enters into Dasein's everydayness, such that it can be said to belong to its existence. Thinking about Dasein's relation to its end, other than as something still outstanding, leads Heidegger to the view that Dasein's death is impending. As such, death is a possibility, but it is a unique kind of possibility. Facing it, Dasein stands before itself in its own most potentiality for being, as Heidegger puts it. Which is to say, Dasein is radically individualised by its relation to its own death and no longer exists in relation to others. There's a question here to ask regarding uh, being with, and I'll get to that. Moreover, whereas the actualization of most possibilities leads to new possibilities, so for example, learning uh, Spanish leads to new possible experiences, completing a course leads to, I don't know, new career options, uh, new ways of life. This is not the case with Dasein's end. Dasein is death's most, death is Dasein's most extreme possibility. And putting these ideas together, Heidegger arrives at his very famous definition of death. Uh, death is the possibility of the absolute impossibility of Dasein. Dasein. Death reveals itself as that possibility which is one's own most, which is non-relational and which is not to be outstripped, as Heidegger famously says. Dasein doesn't choose this possibility, it is thrown into it. Here, what Heidegger is talking about is not so much available possibilities like tasks like in action, rather it is the possibility or of the dearth or the absolute absence of possibilities itself. If there were many people for whom this account of death seems far-fetched, Heidegger can simply claim that they have avoided facing up to what remains a fundamental feature of their existence. As most people live most of the time in a condition of everydayness, in which authentic and inauthentic modes of existence are mixed together, this may be no surprise. However, if Heidegger's right, then it should be possible to see being towards death exhibited even when Dasein is avoiding the issue of its own death. So, when absorbed in average everydayness, or the day self, we are fundamentally not dying while dying. This is the possibility of impossibility that Heidegger refers to, since we are towards death, even if it is not explicit to us as we go about our business in the world, but it is not perhaps brought home to us. When we are absorbed in the life of the day self, we tend to flee or suppress the question of death. We have enough to be getting on with, you might say, or perhaps more perversely, we tend to interpret death publicly. We treat death like we treat clock time as something that is measurable and specific, something manageable, and which is there to be used to make sense of our lives. Or you might you might think, oh, I should have a good 20 years in me still. There is something both oddly perspicacious and poignant about Heidegger's analysis here. 
when we think of debt in our average everyday life, we tend to do it selfishly. We flee the question of our own mortality by treating death as if it is something that they do, not me, them. And we kind of don't like it, and we think that death is something for others. But equally, and at the same time, we all know that is not true. We really do know that we are going to die. And the question of death suffuses the whole of life, whether we avoid it or not. Heidegger has a perception on this. He's a perception about what death is alike. And that is that it is always someone else that dies. And that is it's a painfully accurate picture of the way death is too often treated, in, at least in casual conversation. You know, we say it happens, move on, or we feel secretly glad that somebody else who's ill or who somebody else is doing the dying and not us. Or it's treated as something that will happen to someone else. We could even think of how a spiritual, you know, not, not literal death can occur, like, I don't know, like a pet dying for a pet lover or say the end of a significant relationship. Even there, when a part of one's life dies, we say things like, oh, I don't know, it happens, suck it up, man up and move on. And this really is another version of suppressing the truth of our mortality. It is treating death as a form of day talk. Even where we are afraid for our own health, it can be hard for death to appear as a real possibility. Drawing on the impersonal character of the day in an authentic sense, either introduces the expression, one dies. No one in particular. In this way, death is passed off as something actual, obscuring its character as possibility. But in addition, each individual design is tranquilized, spared the anxiety that comes with a genuine confrontation with the possibility of its own death. The day worked to transform any trace of ontological anxiety into ontic fear, and then either to diffuse it by maintaining that death always happens to someone else, or to pass it off as a weakness, which is not wise, at least in the sense Heidegger understands wise, as in it is not philosophical. At a time when so many people have died and have suffered the loss of family and friends, Heidegger's analysis may seem cold and unfeeling. Arguably it captures something of the way everyday life and conversation often pass over the fact of death or slyly diffuse it, but in another sense there was something tragically true or authentic about what he has to say. The counterpoint to this evasion of the possibility of death is that Dasein can be certain about his own death. Why does Heidegger choose this as a starting point here? Well, firstly, deaths make possible the question of truth, the truth of finitude, makes explicit the truth of our being in the world. When Dasein is at its most inauthentic, absorbed entirely in the day, it really does become certain one day it will die, that is, that its ultimate not yet comes. This certainty can be opened up to reveal a full existential count of death, then Heidegger will have gone a long way to demonstrating that the attitude encapsulated in the expression one dies is in fact an avoidance, an avoidance of what is known deep down to be true. For to be certain about something is to hold it as true, and this amounts to maintaining oneself in truth by being clear about oneself in relation to what is being disclosed, showing itself from itself, so to speak. 
has fallen in his every day in his Dasein, and I quote Heidegger here again, is acquainted with death certainty and yet avoids being certain. Heidegger's emphasis there. Therefore, in spite of what it might say in its everydayness, Dasein is not certain or skirts the reality of its own death and consequently does not gain a heightened appreciation of life. Just as they speak about death as something that happens to others somewhere else, so their own death is always something that will happen later. As Heidegger says himself, one says death certainly comes not right away. In this way, the day obscures that death is not only certain, but that it is possible at any moment. This is what Heidegger calls the indefiniteness of death, and concealing it means one loses sight of death precisely as a possibility. There is something a bit more sinister about the indefiniteness of death because it tranquilizes the thought of death as a possibility. Or put another way, the thought of death is so burdensome that we come up with a diminished or weaker experience of possibility, indefiniteness, to solve the brutal truth about the possibility of death. This indefiniteness would best be summed up in the English expression, it comes to us all in the end. In order, then, to get an authentic understanding of death, did we need to characterise being towards death as being towards a possibility? That is, how is the possibility that is Dasein's death made explicit to it, that is, qua possibility? Not this or that possibility, but Dasein is constituted by possibilities as such. The response cannot be Dasein should try to actualize a possibility, as this would simultaneously bring the end of both the possibility and, of course, Dasein itself. Consequently, being towards death has nothing to do with a, a morbid brooding over death as it is sometimes cast, a cult of death or anything like a voluntarist command of death. Instead, death must be understood, born and endured as a possibility. To do this is to anticipate death as possibility itself. In the they-self, the everyday state of mind, what we get then is an, an air of superiority regarding the fact of death, as Heidegger says. Why superiority? Well, it's kind of a negative superiority that Heidegger has in mind. The average everyday world is unphilosophical, and the superiority is a kind of natural superiority that we all affect. It comes from being much too busy, much too important, much too devoted to being, as Heidegger puts it, anxiously concerned with seeming free from anxiety. In other words, the dangers of day self's average everydayness is that it mistakes trivialities for significances and that which is significant, things like death and that one's life matters, for trivialities. And thus, there we are at risk of not being able to anticipate how our lives are being towards death. To burden oneself with one's being towards death is to anticipate death as a possibility. This Heidegger calls anticipatory resoluteness. In his words, and I quote, beings towards death is the anticipation of a potentiality for being of that entity whose kind of being is anticipation itself. To do this is to anticipate death as a possibility. The German word translated as to anticipate is uh, varlafen, which literally means to, to run ahead. So design comports itself towards its own death by anticipating it in the sense of running ahead to it as a possibility, 
and thereby sustaining it as a possibility that is actual. In such moments, death is intensely close, yet as far as possible from being anything actual. What is revealed rather is Dasein itself in its most extreme possibility, which means that Dasein, having run ahead of itself to its end, is thrown back on its own existence in such a way that this existence is disclosed to it as a whole, and as its own. It is there for us. Our life becomes manifest. Our our life is possibility, or the fact that we are that being which leads a life. That is a crucial insight, and it's what shakes Dasein free from all the accumulated habits and biases and ways of doing things that it has taken over from the day, revealing itself to itself as potentiality for being. So, what death does is individuate Dasein. Death brings hope to Dasein that its oldmost possibility is non-relational. We have to be careful here. Heidegger is clear that Dasein is differentiated by that. That is, it is not undifferentiated. But it is not to say that Heidegger is going back to a free-floating self or a subjectivity that exists extrinsic to the world. If anything, it is the opposite. When death individuates Dasein, it reveals Dasein's dareness and manifests Dasein as all of the things we've been discussing to this point. That is, that Dasein is being there, being alongside the things of this world and being with others. These are all essential structures to Dasein's constitution. And these, as Heidegger puts it, have a share in conditioning the possibility of any existence whatsoever. So, the individuality that is reeled through death is the sense that Dasein is at stake, that it is in the act of leading a life rather than being subject to the life of the day itself, even if it inevitably finds itself in the day itself. Again. Thus, once death makes explicit that Dasein is possibility, what we actually see is that our lives are constituted by death, that death could come at any moment or could cut short all the possible projects that I might engage in, not just immediate tasks and projects. This discloses that Dasein is inherently a precarious being, one that if not necessarily a being with death imminent is certainly one for whom life holds a constant threat. Again, not being afraid of this or that, but that one is fully mortal and intelligible only as a time of one's life. In a sense, this is what authenticity really is. It is the sense that we can self-understand ourselves as beings for whom time is the issue. So much so that Dasein is time. We should not be downhearted though, because Dasein is inherently susceptible to threat, this also means that Dasein is called, has a conscience, and is mindful of the fact that we must maintain ourselves. That reveals that temporality is the horizon of all things with which Dasein is, which in turn means that we cannot but commit ourselves to maintaining ourselves over time. In other words, we cannot but try our desire to give life meaning. Once we are certain that we are the totality of its potentiality for being, then we can ask ourselves, what we do with ourselves. What do we do with our being towards death? This, in a slight change of register, is a question of love for Heidegger. Heidegger says that anticipatory resoluteness makes explicit the possibility 
and I quote, of an impassioned freedom towards death. Why impassioned? Well, once we see how death discloses us as of concern for ourselves, then it also shows that what we take as ourselves, what lives we lead, is premised on sustaining, upholding and maintaining ourselves despite the notness of, of of death. And that that type of lost cause must be a labour of love. Uh, the anticipatory resoluteness anticipates that that absence as the core of my being or all cases of Dasein's being and thus breaks us from forms of life which have captivated or constrained us or where we have become beholden to patterns of life that are, say, inflexible, recalcitrant and perhaps even self-destructive. Now, that, again, is a labour of love. It's also a question of, of, of the importance of human freedom, that freedom is what Dasein is, the fact that it is there to sustain, uphold and lead a life. And that is always attempting to transgress its the habits and patterns and natural proclivities which are also part of its existence. Now that's not really a celebration of individual autonomy. Rather with Heidegger we get an acknowledgement of the of the forlornness of what it is like to be a mortal being. Elsewhere, I suppose Sartre would say the human is condemned to be free, and that that there is a sense of that here in Heidegger, even if they have different perspectives. And where Heidegger ends up is the the rather brutal existential truth that we are in fact alone with our debts as separate individuals, and that too is oddly something we share with all other cases of Dasein. And I suppose that's where the being with comes comes to mind, that what we share is a shared sense of finitude. Conclusion then. Well, in conclusion, then, what that reveals to Dasein is that being resolute, remaining steadfast, cultivating our stick to itness means living in a way that all is at stake, that all matters, that things are a matter of life and death. The opposite of nihilism, really. What being towards death discloses is anticipatory resoluteness. This means Dasein is always the being which attempts to sustain and self-maintain his projects over time. And this is a type of freedom. Not the freedom of absolute license or caprice or irresponsibility, but the freedom to lead a life to the form of life that is Dasein, which is to say the types of beings we are. Death as a phenomenon of life discloses that we ought not be true to ourselves but to the types of being we are, human beings, the beings who are mortal. Death discloses that Dasein is thrown, forlorn and burdened by a situation where all his possibilities exist in the cold light of the absence of all his possibilities, or death. This is why Dasein is the form of thrown projection at its core. Death reveals the centrality of time to the constitution of Dasein and the time of our lives calls us to live impassioned free lives.